Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our post-event uh, Roast the Judges. Uh, something we're trying to do here every time after we have an event. So now we're live doing that. Sorry, a couple minutes late there. I see Tony's already uh, checking in, sort of seeing why I'm late. And uh, hey, just got in from work, so this is it. Just the way she goes. So why don't you give a thumbs up, a like, if you were out at the event, if you uh, watched it online, kind of what you thought about everything that we had going on. I see Tony's ready to jump in. We do also record this for a podcast. So, hey, I'm Sean Hardham. I run the Drifting Perspective. I'm also a judge. So, you know, if you have those hard-hitting questions about the event this last week, if there's something you want to uh, um, discuss, by all means, throw it in the comments. We absolutely had nobody message me individually saying, hey, what's going on? How come this call was uh, so terrible? Or why did this suck so bad? So I guess we'll take that as a win. And uh, hey, no news is sometimes good news. So I was going to say it's the most rare drift event on the planet. Everybody left happy with no complaints whatsoever or any further feedback. So we'll just take it and see how far we can run with that. Um, hi, everybody. Announcer Tony here, the uncool Tony. Um, we're basically going to have to switch my name to other Tony. That's what I've learned this week. Um, and, you know, cool Tony with the mullet, man, stole the show. Like. What, what a sweetheart, man. Always down to just help out, do anything the track needed. And, uh, yeah, man, so you could just refer to me as other Tony uh, from now on. And uh, main Tony, that's that's my dude with the mullet, uh, Mr. Main Tony. <laughs> main Tony. All right. Hey, we'll, we'll uh, take that, I guess, as much as we can, right? No, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a great event, I think. Uh, all in all, the, uh, the driving was on point. Um, we haven't been out. We haven't held. Um, Pro drift event out at Rad Tour. Oh, for quite a while. What are we? Four years since we had a pro event out there. We've done some grassroots. Yep, since stuff. last uh, 2019. Of course, we always have our, our grassroots days, our weekly uh, drift events are out there. Again, tomorrow it's going to be the first ever drift and drag night out at Rad Tour Raceway. It's 50 bucks. You can do whatever you want. You can go drag racing. You can go drifting. I'm not, not sure how many drag cars can drift. Uh, but you know it might be cool to get some of our drift cars down the drag strip and sort of see what that's all about um partnering with uh, with rad torque you know uh, number one thing i gotta say is that we have a a great time with the tracks that we run my sound isn't the best is it not the best should i ditch the headphones you no know? it's good no, sure. all right, all <laughs> right. Okay. it does record better than what it um sounds i guess so hey i have my production team in another location, you know, making sure that everything is on point. Um, but yeah, the support from the tracks is amazing. Uh, from Mission Raceway to uh, to Rad Torque to Stratotech, um, three main tracks that we run with, um, it's absolutely on point. Uh, you know, and, and then we see that evident coming up this week here with uh, Rad Torque uh, sort of spearheading this drift and drag night. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. So definitely if you're in the Edmonton area, head out and check that out. $50 to drive, $10 to watch. Uh, we're going to have the merch tent out there. And, hey, bring a helmet. Might even take it for a ride along. So nice. I'll let you go into it there, uh, Tony. I know the judges are going to be a little bit late. I know I'm uh, talking to John. He's uh, he maybe, you know, 
pulled them back a little bit, maybe afraid of the uh, hard-hitting questions. But, you know, if you got any questions about it, or maybe just some feedback on the event in general, maybe you watched the live stream. Um, yes, we know the audio didn't work, but, uh, you know, for a first kick at it, I think it was absolutely amazing. So, you know, if you got some questions, throw them into the chat at the bottom. And other than that, Tony, I'll maybe uh, hand it over to you. You could maybe ask away some, some wild questions while I look up some notes here. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, <clears throat> let's start with the live stream. Uh, huge shout out to Dave, Dustin, everybody involved to getting that together. Uh, Martin with Drone Buzz too, obviously. Uh, represented a pretty huge step for us at the Spec Drift Series, I think, just to make our own, like, kind of in-house live stream to, you know, just try it out. Like, we were literally, like, ground one. This was the first try at it, and I think those guys did uh, a really good job just uh, with, you know, the circumstances handed them and just trying to figure it out boots on the ground. So shout out to them for making it happen. Uh, if you are watching the live stream back, um, a, I recommend it is it's a very good resource to, you know, kind of just uh, see what happened with your runs to see what other guys were doing. Uh, Martin killed it with the drone shots on that. It's a nice, very steady camera. And I think that provides a very good uh, uh, point of feedback um, for our drivers. And if you're really that, um, that sad about not having audio, I will, uh, you can call me personally and I will narrate the whole event for you. You just, uh, you give me the timestamp where you at and I'll make it up on the spot. <laughs> Yeah. No, definitely. Um, and, and a big resource for the judges as well. Um, we did have live feed right there, instant replay. Um, yeah, I mean, the team behind it, they are incredibly smart. I'll, I'll put it at that. If you know uh, Dustin, if you know Martin, if you know Dave Sandal, definitely they right. are, um, you know, just ingenious in trying to figure this stuff out. I was trying to keep up on the live stream chat that we have on Discord. No way. It was way over my head. And I just said, you know, you guys do that. I'll uh, just continue doing my, my job and let you guys take <laughs> over all that. So it is pretty like amazing. Have a first question about it, why I brought it up, Sean. Um, yeah. You, obviously, as one of our judges, how did you like having the live stream at your disposal? And did it help you at all with any judging calls? No, I, I, I think it did. Um, for the most part, Generally, I didn't uh, use it for qualifying. Um, maybe a little bit, just what, checking at their touch and go one. But, you know, for the most part, uh, there, it was definitely a benefit for the judges to have it, and especially the instant replay. From any portion of the, the run, we could always get right back to it. And, you know, you could obviously see that. If you do watch the live stream back, you can see where it, it does jump back and forth, and that is us asking for the replay. Um, maybe that's a little bit that's lacking in the audio, is that it wasn't necessarily there to to hear what we were looking at. But um, some of the close calls, definitely the replay was good, whether you can see drivers you know, in and out of zone. Um, just some different perspective of the track. The overhead drone view was absolutely great, so it was uh, number one. Yeah, no, I was, uh, again, pretty stoked to watch it back. Uh, you know, from my commentator's position, I missed a little bit of the track. I would say disappeared uh, down the hill through the false return loop. It was kind of just a guessing game to see who uh, came out on the other side. But, um, no, uh, with that being said, loved having the live stream so I could go watch it back and, uh, you know, kind of see what happened in those. Um, but that brings me to my point. Uh, my favorite battle of the weekend, uh, I think it's pretty easy to see that, uh, you know, Chris Pollard, Jace were awesome. Aaron Day and Jace were awesome. And it's 
kind of three for three, man. My battle of the weekend was probably Jesse Foote and Jace uh, Havoc. I think that, um, you know, I got I to gotta say I'm proud of our uh, proud of our little Jesse, man. He, he's really stepped it up this year. Uh, championship contender uh, for the whole season. Um, you know, ultimately finishing in fourth. I know it's not the result him and his team wanted, um, but, man, he just never gave up. Uh, he just kept pushing it. Uh, everything it had, he threw at it. And I think uh, he could probably hold his head high on that. I think uh, the fact that he got a little bit of a door bang in there on Jace, I think that was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, no, I was just uh, I was really excited to watch that one. And then, obviously, just the drama that unfolded with our championship race from, like, qualifying onwards. You know, we had Tristan up first uh, to take his qualifying run. He blows an axle, like, right on the line. Uh, so chaos for the uh, Boost Factory team to get that swapped so he can get back into qualifying. That opened it up for everybody. Um, and, you know, the, we, we saw some high 80s there for a little while. Uh, it's looking like it may have gone Chris Pollard's way in qualifying. And then, you know, I thought uh, it was crazy. Uh, all of this attention was focused on, you know, maybe Tristan and Jesse coming in, leading it. And then Jace, you know, what the time to do it. Comes back, perfect event, perfect qualifying. Uh, you know, gets the gets the win, obviously, there and secures his prospect license in the end, man. And I think that... Uh, it goes to show you that uh, you, you you think you have it all figured out on Friday night after you finish the script for these things, and then Saturday <laughs> comes, turns it on to Ted, and you just have to really scramble and make it up as you go. And um, man, what a what a wild ride! I think uh, was you know one few word review for the event. Yeah, no, I I think so. And and let's bring a little bit of highlight to, to Jesse put there on it. You know, he on his first qualifying run, he did. Uh, he didn't qualify. His first qualifying run, he got a zero on. He spun right. out on the end. Didn't make it. And then his second one was kind of just a safe one to get it in the bag. Um, but, but, I mean, when, you, when you're looking at the, the, you know, the top six in the championship, I mean, you got to give it out to Jesse Joe Curtis. You got to give it out to Pat Fontaine. They finished fifth and sixth, and both of them missed a round. Yeah. So that, that's how high they were driving, and that's how, you know, your qualifying and where you finish in a series like this really matters. Um, Tristan McLennan, like, you know, I, I definitely think that he was on point to go three for three and, and win it. But I think probably that broken axle caused a lot more issues for him than, you know, just a broken axle. I know I talked to him on Sunday, the stub shaft had come out of the dip and it damaged some of the uh, splines on it. So it wasn't fixed fixed 100 percent so i think that was just sort of going into it i i think probably his team would have pushed a lot harder if the license was still on the line if he didn't secure that in mission um and maybe he would, would have taken more risk on it but you know in talking to him some of it is saving the car saving the expense i mean you can go out and you can you know try to qualify with damaged parts or or try to go into another battle you know when the car is not 100 percent. but i think you know, putting that entire chassis at risk, he made the right choice in not uh, carrying on. You know, he couldn't fix it in the 10 minutes that was allotted to him. That's just some of it, right? I mean, but you look at Chris Pollard, you know, finishing number two overall in the championship. You look at Jesse Foot number four. Two of those guys, probably the most talked about battles going on, you know, from mission, coming into Rad Tour, you know, 
they're both have zero mechanical sympathy. You watch Chris's runs and they're absolutely pinned the entire time. Uh, Jesse Foote, he has no problem doing the largest third gear clutch drop that you've ever seen, you know, finishing off the run going into touch and go four. Um, and that's the, exactly the kind of driving that I think that the sport needs. And I think that spec D needed as a whole, just to elevate it to that next level. Um, you know, Jay's obviously put a ton of work in over the off season. This championship was his, he earned it. He fought every single battle all the way to the end. And I think that's something important to say, okay, it was it's fourth gear. Okay. Well, I think Jesse was only third gear on the drop down. You were fourth gear, no mechanical sympathy. I thank for the uh, clarification. Jim that. needs that LS torque. <laughs> I guess it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, like th there's a lot. I think uh, I think definitely Jace carried it along. He fought through it. You know, he didn't finish as, as high as he wanted to. He didn't hit the podium at round two. But then just coming in, really hungry for that. Definitely had the uh, sights on the license. And I think when when Tristan maybe didn't qualify first, it uh, opened that up and really just you know invigorated the entire team. He comes out with a you know a great team. And gonna say you know you guys were all the way in the field away from me. I get it. Like after mission, you didn't want to hang out with me on event day anymore. So you sent me and Jeremy over there to the crowds. But um, what we called. The, you know that Tristan's car went down with an issue like you could almost feel it's kind of like a a state of shock or an energy switch in the pits itself because everyone kind of you know I think it, it on first pass everyone's like oh man like his car's broken that's that's a bummer uh, right but then you know I got caught up in it too then you kind of start thinking about that what that means for the championship was we go into it and without the strong qualifier of Tristan just in full form you know you kind of <clears throat> heard a little bit of murmuring throughout the crowds. You kind of saw, like, you know, spotters running up the cars, being like, hey, you know, like, a little bit more is on the line. You, you, now's the time, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think um, one of my – if I had to pick a top three, like, kind of just things about Spec D this season, um, third, uh, for me, has to be how much more impressive qualifying has been. I think, we you know, we talked to it uh, just to oblivion during mission, uh, called it pretty early on the Friday that, you know, qualifying position is going to be massive at that track. And it turned out, yes, it was, you know, not so much just the lead and chase, just to try to give yourself that small advantage over some of the lower drivers. But really, you couldn't, I think maybe in Specti's past, it would have been a little easier to predict uh, first versus 16, for example. Uh, but when we get into seventh and eighth, that's when it gets really, really tricky. And I think that kind of range expanded um, for all of our drivers, too, that, you know, first place, usually Tristan, 66% uh, yeah. of the time. Um, you know, it wasn't as easy or straight uh, forward. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we saw him going out early uh, round one, took it all the way round two there. And then, you know, unfortunately, just had the mechanic uh, mechanical issue there with Carlton McDonald. Um, you know, I was... I was stoked to see a revisit of that battle from a year past uh, prior mission uh, with Carlton and Tristan. Um, was waiting for it. I don't think it was the full battle either guy wanted, so we'll we'll still wait for the uh, sequel to that one. Um, but it had elements, you know. Uh, one of the things I want to touch on too, just before we kind of move on to the next subject too, is you know Chris Pollard. 
uh, and what you're saying about no mechanical sympathy, like I've watched this guy drive things out of his driveway and it's the same deal. Like it's, uh, he doesn't care. (laughs) And um, man, just his understated consistency throughout the whole season. And just, you know, obviously he had the big moment with Jesse uh, in mission. It's kind of hard not to talk about that a few months removed because it was just so wild. Um, But I don't want to say he, flew under the radar uh i think for most people but i think with just <laughs> seeing a little bit of uh back and forth from tristan and carlson in the chat there we love to see it we're for it um yeah. but i think with just you know the flashy new cars that came in the the just crazy programs that came in um you, you i don't want to say overlook because that's not fair but Chris Pollard came in with the same consistent group of friends, the same consistent program, and just that, you know, that mindset of just like, you know, I got this. I know I can drive. I know I can throw it down with anybody on the field. And I think that really shows in his results this year, finishing up second overall for the championship with like, you know, without, uh, I think if I recall correctly, uh, round three was the only podium visit he had. Um, so that kind of just shows you that he was just high up there in the finishes, steady putting in that work. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it a little bit after the event on Saturday and it was a lot less like maybe 92, 95 point drives, uh, a lot less 70 point drives, we will, but it was more just consistent, like 85s. I mean, back to back, uh, qualifying scores, I think of an 82, uh, both runs uh, on Saturday, if I recall correctly, it's just kind of more shows you what I'm talking about. That was just that quiet consistency from Chris Pollard's corner uh, this season that got him second overall. Um, And man, he had some insane battles, insane moments uh, throughout the year as well. And, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit too early to start talking about awards and stuff like that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Chris Pollard for my hardest charging driver of the year. Um, because I think it's just that the silent confidence that just kind of built and built and built. And we really saw it, you know, his battle with Jace Wild, uh, crazy on the chase. I think uh, Photos by Ash has a really cool picture of him and Jace. And I think it's Jace just wheeling in on him. But it's just that, you know, you can't shake him. You know, just Jace, big car, big power, big slide. And just, yeah, man, Chris just wasn't phased, man. So I think uh, probably shout out to him for my hardest charging drive of the year. Uh, I know it's kind of advancing maybe like a few shows early here. But uh, man, I just want to call it up. I don't know how silent it was. I mean, who remembers round two? I mean, Maddie was all up in our, up in our, uh, giving me the grief, you know, ready to throw down. I, I'm actually, sorry. I, to, I actually <laughs> had to ask this. I asked if Maddie was even there on on the weekend because, um, <laughs> because yeah, she didn't even have to say so. I mean, that that's always a good thing saying that that maybe the calls were good. So I mean, it was really good. Um, pretty much, um, yeah. I mean. I mean, when you look at back at how they're doing on on the entire thing, good qualifying, you know, Chris scored good qualifying points. I think that's something to maybe talk about, that we only give the first eight people uh, qualifying points um, instead of, like, in years past. Uh, going to a top 32 scoring format, you know, this year, first place qualifier would have got 32 points. And we sort of, you know, as a group, sort of thought that, that maybe was too much focus on the qualifying so we just scaled it back to you know the top eight get points on it because you know 32 points is a lot in a championship and sometimes you know there's traditional people that don't maybe qualify well 
um, you know, you, and you can look at those those drivers um, that don't always have a great qualifying, but actually once they get into battles, they do fairly well on it. Um, so I think that's sort of part of it. You know, hitting that top eight in qualifying mattered a lot, but you know, maybe not as much as in years past, just because of you know the uh, just points how it worked out. So really, it rewarded the points going into the battles, and I think that's important to to kind of look at as well. You know. Um, let's give a shout out to Carlton and Jace, both those guys coming out of the Pacific Northwest, making all three rounds. That's a lot of dedication. You know, it's a it's a solid, you know, 18, 20 hour single way trip for, for Jace and Carlton to come up and, and to commit to all three rounds. So we got to thank them for that. Um, you know, Carlton didn't finish great in round one. You know, he uh, kind of got knocked out early on. Um, in round one, round two, he did all right. Round three, sort of the the same thing. Just sort of, you know, but that consistent driving, like you say. And he finished off the year in seventh place, you know. And I think that's really good for for him going into the the season with a car making, you know, a change from a solid rear axle to a quick change in independent rear suspension and just maybe a whole new motor setup going into that. If we look at him doing it. I mean, Pat Fontaine finishing off sixth. I don't think I saw him, you know, with a pit crew helping him out change tires at any of the two rounds that he came to. He was sort of the one-man show. And for him to do that and, and finish off in in sixth place overall is, is really good. Any yeah, I wish we could have had Pat. <laughs> well, I mean, we need we really need to get Pat Fontaine on. He says he won't come on and do the, uh, the interviews, but I think uh, – I think that's coming. Um, well, get him on a haircut day or something, maybe. You know, just oh. so his hair is perfect. I think that's what it is. It's just a little bit of hair you concern. You know, we, <laughs> we, we do have to do it up to, uh, you know, our rookies this year, too. You had Benjamin uh, Blanchard sort of jumping in. Uh, like, one week before the event, he committed to driving round one. He surprised us with that, you know, doing really well going into it. You know, kind of knocked out early on, but just learning the car, having picked it up only a couple weeks before. He didn't make the trip down to Mission, but, you know, he drove really well all in all, um, you know, in an untested car, maybe with one of the lower horsepower cars with the uh, 1UZ motor. You know, it is a V8, but not a V8. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, he had great line through the through the course. Um who else were you thinking of there that, uh, you know, maybe we, we miss out well, I got, on? I got one for you just uh, looking over the total season uh, points here. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, all the rookies that did come in, and, you know, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit for not really bringing this up uh, too much. I don't know if we're doing a, a rookie of the year as such, but uh, depending on, you know, how you uh, count participating in the uh, shootout rounds, if you do count that as previous spec D experience, uh, Rick Selinski finishing up in 10th overall for the season, first go at it, uh, technically by numbers, would be your rookie of the year. And I think that's really well-deserved, man. We saw Rick, you know, absolutely just um, – well, I can't say he dominated grassroots uh, last year because he finished in second in all three of them. But you know what? He was con- there, consistent, super fast driver, super sick car. Awesome to see him, like, you know, step up that program. And I think, um, you know – Rick had a chance to talk to him. wasn't like the results he wanted uh, season long, 
but I think if you could tell him today that, uh, you know, he finishes in 10th overall and by where I'm sitting makes him the uh, rookie of the year. Um, and I think that's, that's wicked. That's really awesome for Rick, uh, Rick and his crew there, man. No, I think so too. Rick, Rick did really well. I mean, probably what pushed him to uh, actually compete this year was his performance at all of our Stratotech days. He absolutely drives like an animal. I think probably, you know, some mechanical things going on. I know he had a lot of diff trouble going on this year. And maybe just, you know, some of that, uh, that um, how do you say, it? like just sort of rookie, the rookie year in competition is hard he's and that's sort of one that i would say traditionally doesn't do great at qualifying it's not um no jason is not a rookie he ran in the shootout I, okay mama. I don't know, man. I you watch him drive and see if we can use the word rookie <laughs> I, I, see I don't think so he was at the shootout last year so yep. he is not a rookie yet he can't get all of the trophies i'm just saying yeah um, <laughs> we'll give him most of Proved, you know. Right. <laughs> Even um, then, that that would be a struggle. But we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but you know what? Some of some of the things like driver attitude going into it isn't really important. Um, you got Benjamin Laflamme bringing in uh, a car. He missed um, basically round two just with a mechanical. Uh, and but committing to the full season is really important and learning. You know, maybe a little bit about his car. It's a new build, new engine platform that he has, and just maybe not a lot of seat time. But you got to give the respect to his team for coming out, participating in all three rounds. It's it's really good to see. You know, he finished off the season in 22nd spot. You know, out of 26, 27 drivers that we had fully for the season, you know, that's that's nothing to uh, you know to scoff at. I mean, he definitely put the time into the car, and I think next season's going to really show once he gets that dialed in. Um, another one, Brandon Kremp. I mean, I really want to get him in on the podcast. I want to sort of see where he's at. He's one of those guys that sort of is really quiet. Um, maybe, um, how do you say it? He came to all three rounds. He didn't have the luck in qualifying. And I think maybe that's something that is harder for some people. And I think once he gets over those jitters and, and maybe doesn't make changes to the car before qualifying, I think that's really going to help him out. He was so close to making it into this last round. But his attitude is definitely one that, um, you know, we got to give respect to. He's always positive, always down to be out there, supports his team, doesn't pack up on the trailer and just take off. He's out to support the rest of his friends that are competing. You know, the Fort Mac community is really huge. They come out, they bring a good show, bring a bunch of cars. You know, you got Mark Dunbar, you got Ophir that are coming out of there. And, you know, just that same positive attitude, you know, Jesse Foote as well. So, you know, you got you got four guys that are competing in our series that are all coming out of the Fort Mac area. Really, well, and Francois Dugais, so we got lots. I'm just looking through my list. As we're, as we're chatting here, I'm just trying to think of the people that are, are you know, from that Fort Mac area and, and compete in the series. So, you know, that attitude is exactly what we need in drifting is that, you know, people are coming out, trying it. You know, they're not looking maybe just for the instant gratification because it does take a while for you to get over 
for the jitters of qualifying it takes you a while to sort of get into you know the competition aspect of it and i think that's something that we're going to really see him shine next year get his car dialed he switched to a different tire going into this last round i think it really helped him out and uh you know big things to come for him in the in the future i think once he just gets a little bit more seat time he's going to be really uh you know a force to reckon with in the series itself um anybody else that sort of stands out to you as 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 a driver that we need to watch out for for maybe next year yeah i got another one just before we uh move on from uh mr krep and his crew there uh okay. they had a post during uh round two uh you know and it's a it's a really good message you know i kind of want to just it's good worth reiterating um there's something to the effect of just you know it's not about the result it's about the times had the friends made long way and i know that sounds you know a little bit a little bit uh happy and sunshine but uh yeah it really rings true you know drifting at its base is i think it's a very friend sport i think we see that in just the uh friendships we've made the community that just surrounds us uh you know we see it when some guy's car breaks and like another six are taking their cars apart to get them on the track uh we see it afterwards that you know even the toughest competitors will still find a way high five you know good runs man sick sick job um so i think that's just a really you know good attitude uh coming out of that camp and i think that's you know just the spirit of drifting right there uh brendan cramp for sure just hey man he, he like you said it's it's a huge commitment to make it to all three rounds and i think a lot of people um maybe on the outside in, in looking in don't understand necessarily just the kind of financials behind that the actual planning that comes to make all three rounds, you know, it's, it's definitely not a line in the sand, but it's definitely a step you take from just, you know, I like drifting. It's fun. I just doing it casually, hanging out with my bros, having fun, cats, skids, you know, and then when you come into competition, that's when it's not the fact that you can't just take, you know, skids with your bros fun or pers uh, professionally or anything like that but i think that's mm -hmm. when you make that commitment when you come into a competition mindset you do start to kind of breathe that professionalism about yourself and just kind of hold your program you're driving your car to that certain like higher standard that we usually you know we're, we're spoiled by in the spec series and we see a lot of uh, guys that bring exactly just that um you know on that subject on the other side of it you know we have obviously uh jason his crew there like it's, it's massive crew family and friends um yeah they're walking away a uh, bunch of trophies you know this year you know hats off to them it's awesome it's earned um but you got to have both you know you have to you have to have the fun you have to have the guys that uh you know don't necessarily make it 100 percent of the time but they are there giving it 100 percent of the effort you know there's you, you can respect guys like Brendan, guys like Jace, when you look at them side by side, because you know what? They both brought preparation. They both brought planning to making it to each round and commitment too, you know? And I think it's just, you know, hats off to Brendan Kramp and his crew there uh, showing up each round, you know? And I think it's just, uh, you gotta, you gotta mention that too. And it's kind of bummed not to, not to see him make it after three rounds because you know he was always high spirits in the pits never let him get it down need to hang around on the sunday fun day there and had a blast with us there in mission um so yeah i think that's another guy you know hopefully we can look out for next year uh, i think yeah. probably take it back to the lab over the winter 
uh, make some changes to the car, maybe get rid of that VQ. I know it's my favorite engine, but uh, maybe swap it out for something else. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, another guy um, kind of want to call out here too, uh, Cole O'Connell, man. Like, I think this was probably his best season on record for just – well, laps driven for sure because he wasn't fixing any of those reliable LS engines in the um, in the pits. So that was nice to see. Uh, yeah. We didn't have the global oil spill in the pits this year, so that's that's good. Good job, short park people. Um, but yeah, man, that was just another one of those dudes. You know, just kind of like watching him. He's usually pretty, pretty you know, happy. Like, haha, it's good to be here, right? Just laughing, hanging out. You don't yeah, I, I, I necessarily see. The serious side of Cole too often, but I think through through a few there, you could you could see it. Yeah, Chipotle calls it out right. The five point three that could, uh, or hey, John Burns said feels like you know coming up here and uh, telling me how good I am at talking. Um, yeah, you could put the rotary in the Corvette, man. Make it the cheap man's RX seven. You know they're not getting any more cheaper. So I think if you just pretend your RX seven's that, I think that's the way to do it. Uh, sorry, your Corvette's an RX seven. That's the way to do it. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think. Uh, Cool. If he, you know, maybe makes that 5.3 a little bit bigger, maybe adds more NOS to it. Who knows? Um, but it's really awesome to see him get a full season of solid driving under that Corvette uh, for him for once there. I know he's uh, he's going to be having some words with me after this one for calling him out like that. But, uh, man, it was just good to see. Uh, love seeing uh, progression of Cole, and I hope, it, uh, I hope it continues, man. Like, I would love to start seeing him up in the championship mix sometime, and I think he's He's got it all there. I think uh, the season kind of went uh, maybe a little bit of a proof for him that he can do it, that he can hang. And I just want to see him uh, step it up and uh, take it to the fight to the front runners next season. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, true. You know, in, in talking to Cole, I, I'm not sure, you know, what, what it takes for him to get excited about. I think he has a great time no matter where he finishes. And, like, sometimes he's just he's happy with the driving that he's done. and he. Like I, when I talk to him after the event, he's always content with wherever he got to, whether, you know, it's finishing off in the uh, top 32 or finishing off in the top 16. He's happy with it either way. I think it's just like he enjoys the driving with his friends and I think he just enjoys the community as a whole. So, you know, in that, um, in that aspect, I think it's, it's really good to see, um, you know, Number one, that he's coming out to all the rounds and just enjoying it. And I think for a lot of people, that's what this is. If maybe not, isn't isn't chasing the license. It's a matter of just sort of, of finding, you know, what you're happy with and and you know, enjoying drifting as as what it is meant to be is just a, a great time to have with your friends. And and some of the best driving that you're going to have is in that competition aspect. So hey, I think that's that's also another one there to to watch out for. You know, we hope that he sticks around and, and drives more with us. I like to see his, his absolute commitment, and it, he is a, definitely a weapon in the chase because he's another one of those drivers that has absolutely zero mechanical sympathy. So, um, yeah, definitely a change there. Uh, Tyler Mayer would have liked to see him do better. He only came out to the one round and just unfortunately had a mechanical breakdown in actually the burnout box when we were just or yeah, sorry, right right at, right at the intros like man <laughs> yeah it would have been great to see him in head-to-head competition so hopefully we get to see him out you know in 2024 and 
and maybe run a little bit more of the specy stuff and and really show you know where he's at and that you know qualified high and uh just knocked out just you know just two mechanical problems there so um so since we haven't got any big questions is there any calls that you were sort of watching on the weekend that um maybe you wanted some more clarification on whether it's qualifying whether it's head-to-head -head battles why don't we, i'm going to throw it back to you tony and you can kind of just sort of pick one that you maybe had something questioned on that yeah. you'd like to sort of ask for sure so i think we, we could probably start my list of questions just uh with qualifying i thought uh those weren't really in a given mood too much there on Saturday. I thought uh, a lot of the scores a little bit lower traditionally, I think, from uh, what we saw at Mission. Um, I think it checked out for, as to why. Just a little bit of bobbles there. Um, obviously, I had a not a compromised view of the track, but let's not say a perfect view of the whole track. Um, no fault to Rad Torque Raceway. They just did everything to accommodate all of us. Uh, just It's track so big and so only one place the uh, guy who talks can stand uh, to make it all happen. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. Thought some of the qualifying scores were a little lower there. Uh, I thought uh, Jesse Joe Curtis probably could have been a little bit higher. Um, you know, Mark Dunbar, I think he was okay uh, score wise. Um, but yeah, no, I was, a, I was a little surprised to see a little bit uh, lower lower seventies, higher uh, higher sixties. Yeah, and I think that's probably just the the. Um the addition of it we we sort of broke down the uh, 10 points we pulled off of just style alone and we made it into a, a five point x factor going in for lion and also for style and i think it was a hard five points to grab um in the entirety of it just sort of piecing the run together in order to score those extra five points you know one for for lion and also one for style and I think that's maybe one of the things that, that we focused heavily on is that at this level of driving, at this level of competition, that drivers, you know, don't need to be dirt dropping, don't need to be, you know, cheating the line, using the grass, using, you know, the edge of the rumble strips as a way to make it around the track. Because, you know, our top qualifiers absolutely didn't dirt drop, didn't sort of cheat their line going into any of the zones um you know and, and talking back to uh you know to, to jesse joe i think he actually was on the wrong tire he was using one of the grippier tires that he had for one of his us comps and you know i think that sort of um maybe wasn't the best choice going into this track because it definitely takes a lot of wheel speed you need the car to absolutely be able to float out to some of the zones and maybe not be as gripped up as as you know maybe a track like mission where it's it's mission seemed bigger the track was longer but the zones were actually a little bit shorter than what you know rad torque is rad torque is definitely our fastest bank it's our fastest entry speed going into that and it is a very long straight and you really need the car not to be maybe quite so gripped up going into that um and I think some, some of it is like, we'll look back and the judges, uh, we'd all look at each other and go like, why did he score so low on that? You know? And, you know, like if we look back at some of those, those qualifying scores, like, you know, they're getting 28 out of 35, but you just lose, you know, you know, maybe seven, eight points off of each judge. And there you go. Then you're, you're, you know, you're down into the eighties, uh, uh, high seventies going into that. And I think, it's just the level of driving, you know, the 100 point run 
is hard to achieve. You know, you look at uh, Jace, he got a 91. That was their highest qualifying score going into this round. Um, and I think that's, that's maybe just because of the line. That's just maybe just because of the challenge of the track itself. And I don't necessarily look at the qualifying as, as an evaluation of how the drivers really do because it all comes down to head to head battle. Um, and when you look at, at the drivers and how hard they were driving, there was so many good tandem battles, you know, right from the top 32 all the way to the finals. So, you know, definitely that is a good one. You know, a good takeaway is that the battles are getting better. Uh, tight tandems, you look at all the media coming out and the tandems are really tight. I know that John's home now, so he'd like to jump in here. So John Bernstadt, if you're kicking around, uh, jump in here and we can uh, chat about some of your, your highlights from it. We still haven't got any questions going on to it. I mean, you know, I see Jesse just jumped in, uh, Jesse Foote, he sort of joined the, uh, the chat. So, I mean, if you, he'd like to ask any questions on what it was or maybe some of his feedback. If drivers, maybe if they don't necessarily have questions um, going into it, if they don't have a bunch of hate going on for the judges, that's totally fine too. If you want to just sort of jump in, give a little bit of your feedback on the season, um, what you thought of it, you know, shout out to the fans for coming out and, and supporting you know, such huge turnout, autograph sessions, huge success. Every single poster got given out at Rad Torque. So, you know, that's great to see, you know, the fans that are really uh, jumping in on it for sure. So hmm. John is there. And, <laughs> I was wondering when this is going to happen. I'm just thinking about this. <laughs> oh, Fred in Chuck. Fred yeah, in we got Chuck. you, man. We yeah, got you. Fred in Chuck. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> we try man we try we try, we try. There, there, there's a lot of unique pronunciations and we try the best we can guess what if we can't get your last name jake you did great this weekend uh stoked to see you out there can't oh, wait jake to you. yeah it was awesome yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so i do have a question about the battle too uh okay. We look back to uh, two French, two Furious, Francois and uh, Rick Zelinski. Uh Obviously, we saw that uh, Red and Chuck. Yeah, that could uh, that could work, Jesse. But uh, let's just keep it easy here. Uh, obviously, we saw Francois going into the wall just a little bit, a uh, little bit too furious there at the end. Um, you know, from my view at it, couldn't really see it uh, in the moment. Uh, but watching back on replay, obviously, it sinks the double pits the chest. You know, sinks that rear end. Snaps the car opposite drift there across the last out of the zone. Uh, Rick on the other side of it has a spin uh, coming into that second outer zone there. I would just like to see where you guys were on that one, why you didn't see it as uh, one more time. All right. So what, which battles us there, uh, Tony? I was just jumping in. Hey, welcome. Talking about Francois and Rick Solinsky. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was looking back at that footage there. I was kind of thinking that might be the one battle I might – go back on my call um it was close i think the big reason why it kind of went francois way is just because rick straightened up on uh, the on the big bank on uh on his chase but then kind of looking at it closer francois had a big entry and then with his big entry he dropped down low so maybe that could have pushed a, a one more time and uh yeah yeah, I had a, I had a markdown though that there was an over rotation from Rick going into that uh, 
that final zone in his uh, lead run there. So that sort of sealed it for me. Yep. As John Burns said, in and out here. We'll figure him out. Um, but yeah, no, that checks out. Just uh, rewatching the uh, replay here, actually, alongside. Uh, just, you know, wanted to pick you guys' brain about that one. I mean, hard fought battle for both Francois and Rick. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to see both of them line up together because I think that was, you know, first top eight for either of them. Uh, obviously, one Francois. Causeway at this time. Uh, hopefully it goes. Uh, you know, Rick can uh, find some success next season. Um, but man, pretty good battle uh, between both those gentlemen there. Yeah, but Francois also had like a, an error on his exit as well. He hit that wall that was more than just a tap. So uh, I could definitely see that going one more time after reviewing it a few times. But it was a, a close call and uh, yeah, it was unanimous. So there you go. I don't change my call at all. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I and i think that's something that we discussed in the drivers meeting i know that um we were chatting with some of the drivers afterwards um about dirt drops and i was very you know as the line uh, judge for this round and everyone sort of knows my my idea on dirt drops and sort of using that as a cheat i don't i don't like it so i i judged it very harshly and won in qualifying and then also in uh, in the battle. So if there was dirt drops, it usually meant that I was judging that fairly harshly against that person that actually dirt dropped. So, I mean, I, I definitely tried to be consistent on it um, over and over. It, it's just one of those things, you know, one is an event organizer, the grass and the dirt is number one priority to the track. They absolutely hate dirt drops. So then over the many years of us running events, I've learned to also hate those dirt drops the same amount. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't mind them whatsoever because I don't, I'm not really too partial to the grass. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe we should just need like a, a solid sponsor of some sort. <laughs> no, fair enough. I, I think probably um, this year over every other year when we ran this same layout back four years ago, definitely the dirt drops, the uh, the cheating the line was a lot less. You hardly saw it at all, especially through the rumble strips, sort of in touch and go one and uh, entering into the outer zone two. There's way less um, cheating the line on that way. And I think that was, that's just an improvement to the driving. Driving is getting better. Um, the driving coming into so a big course better. like this, I mean, their precision is getting really on point. Yeah, you can ask for very detailed things and you can see the guys definitely come into it and they're making things that are very dangerous and very hard to do and very precise and they make it look easy. Like it's so hard to run, especially outer zone two, to run a higher line through there and guys are doing it consistently. And it's so hard to enter with any sort of style into the first like outer zone there. And the guys right. have huge massive flicks, faint entry, like, I was kind of asking for that to be, like, a, a higher-scoring qualifying run. And guys are doing it in competition, co like, consistently. It's – the level of driving is amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. The the driving level just got better and better throughout the season. Um, you know, and Rad Torque is a perfect uh, venue to sort of – to finish it off at. I think definitely um, it showcases the best driving that we've ever had in the series – you know, the amount of uh, proximity that they were carrying through outer zone one 
into outer zone two and down sort of down that drop down against the wall. It was, it was fantastic. You know, I really expected a lot more carnage, especially on that drop down going into the wall. And we really only saw, I think two big, big incidents where people were off track and we had to, you know, hold the track for quite a while, getting, getting cars off, but really, you know, the level of, uh, you know, carnage on, on this course, it can be high, but at this year coming into it, it was actually really low. And, and I think that just really shows to a level of driving that these guys are at. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on with turn three, but it's way more forgiving now than what it used to be. Like, yeah. I remember uh, smashing a lot of rear quarters into that and, uh, you know, breaking a lot of taillights. Um, you know, both you and I ran that layout and it was, there was a lot more carnage when we were going down to it. I think just the the actual approach to it going into that that last drop down turn and up against the wall how drivers were approaching it was a lot different than what we were doing four years ago and i think it really shows the level of driving has has just increased so um which what's your thought what's your standout battle there john going into uh from this round honestly this this whole weekend i can't stop thinking about uh jesse foot and jace like <laughs> it was, was everybody was losing their minds like notebooks were thrown in the air like it was it was amazing i could definitely watch that over and over and over again it was pure carnage and entertainment and it was great so what's what's your thought on that as a judge um when you're looking at it when a driver gets hit like jesse hit jace fairly hard on his chase run you know basically like t-boning and hitting the door jace stays in it they finish off the battle they go into it jace returns a favor hits him really hard in the rear tire when you looked at jesse's car after the event it was absolutely like towed out probably three inches he could hardly get in the trailer but both the guys absolutely stayed in what's your view on that as a judge and how do you see it like, are you looking at faults? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you looking at the technicality portion of it or faults? So right. I actually, both collisions, I blame faults and foot. Okay. Um, okay. The, first, the first collision, the car checked up and understeered. And the second collision, uh, Jesse scrubbed a lot of momentum entering. So. Right. But now. That's, now, that's, kind, that's kind of like, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the boring way of looking at it. But in, in reality, both these guys drove, like, to such a high level, and both of them stayed in it. And, like, to see those guys stay in it at doing, like, 130 on that bank corner and not getting out of it, <laughs> chills, literal chills. Yeah. Like, technically speaking, it's like, oh, yeah, it was blah, 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 this and that. But, like, in reality, what those guys did, they have the biggest cojones. Because, like, I think the first time I ever met Augustine was uh, – waking up from a decent concussion from that wall there. So, <laughs> so yeah, like to, to stay in it with that level of uh, contact in that bank, right. both of those guys, hats off to them. But technically speaking, I place foot for both the, the lead and the chase contact. But now you have to uh, absolutely give it to him because he actually finished out the run with that tire being towed out so hard. I mean, you look oh, back man. at it. You're just like going, see, and, how, and my, how did he run that? Like the guy's a madman. Like yeah. those guys, just the way they drove, like 
Oh man, I'm driving like driving again, so I could drive like those guys. Well, I, like I see both Jesse and I see Jace on here right now. Um, if either of you guys want to jump in and maybe just give a little bit of feedback, you guys are absolutely. You know, I will. I will jump off so those guys can chit chat. Well, no, we, we can get four people on, so we just need one person to to request to join. Might so be either safe. one of you <laughs> want to jump in and 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 give a little bit of feedback. But my, my whole aspect of it is like, if you are in it to, to drive and if somebody bumps you and you stay in it, I look at that as like, you're just, you're throwing down and I'm gonna judge that run exactly the same way that we would anything else, right? Like we just wanna see what they're up to. Oh, no, Jesse, you, 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 can't, you can't judge it the exact same way. Like no, but somebody, in, when somebody receives a contact in it, and they keep pushing i think you have to give kind of more of a an x factor to it or more of a you have to give more points to that right because like that is a bit more style to like receive that kind of contact and stay in it right you can't tell you can't tell me if you've seen guys get touched and they just backed off constantly because of it i would never watch drifting again no Oh, but, but I mean, that, that's strategy. And I mean, if you look at the rule book, that's kind of the way that it goes. If, if somebody gets bumped and they spin out from it, you know, then you have to assign fault to it. And I mean, sometimes it can, it can benefit you and you can win that way. Uh, Mr. Jesse started joining us on the live here. I mean, probably some of the most talked about battles that we've had in the 2023 season from you know we changed chris Pollard's name in our group chat to flash to pass because he the wicked battles that you guys had in mission and then again you know you and and jace bring it out and uh, absolutely ready to kill it here in uh at rad torque and now he froze up so here let's see if he's back in here and mr fetish froze here i don't know oh man there we go Let's get him back in. He might have to stop his other stream, his other uh, source of income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit much on phone to run both of them. Any standout battle for you, Tony? Any interesting uh, moments you know, that you missed out in the grandstands? Funny you ask. Uh, because my answer was the same as yours. I loved uh, Jesse and uh, Jace there. Because it was just sick, just gnarly, man. Just back-to-back carnage was crazy. Um, the easy answer is obviously uh, Jason Aaron, uh, Jason Chris. Just from pure driving uh, performance, I think that was probably like the best runs we saw throughout the afternoon. Uh, but just for the just holy crap factor, um, and just going by like crowd reaction was probably yeah, Jason uh, Jesse there because it's just. Insane, man. Like, like you said, yeah. touching each other at that speed, at that bank. Like, it don't move, it don't play. Like, it's a big no, crash no. waiting to happen there. And like, yeah, like you're just going to that drive, man. It's just awesome. Driving like they had back hit buttons on the ready. <laughs> <laughs> somehow we can't yeah. get uh, Jesse to join in here. I mean, he. I'm. I'm trying to let him back in, but he just seems like he's. Uh, he's froze up there. So we just get to look at that handsome face, and until he actually gets to jump in. Here. <laughs> All right, let's see. We're trying to again. Have him restart his Instagram, possibly. I'm not sure. It's coming. It's coming. It, it was nice to see Aaron kind of come back into his form. He didn't qualify as high as I thought he was going to. He didn't have as aggressive as a 
uh, some of these guys for qualifying and uh but to see him back in battle he was super consistent he did he was in all the right spots and his lead runs in battle were actually better than his qualifying runs in my opinion so it was oh, nice okay. to see aaron back in it and on point yeah no uh, i think i said it a few times it was such a bummer not being able to like, hear you guys react to the event and you guys can oh, hear me man, i miss it i miss um, it so much we need to be together i have so many cow egg jokes on the ready and i was just telling them to like everybody <laughs> is like is this like it's this a real like? thing it's a real thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. They all thought it was me, and I was like, "No, it's not. It's my friend John." Like, I, <laughs> I got friends too. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, but yeah, just uh, on the point of Aaron Day, there. Um, like you said, maybe not the craziest qualifying uh, performance we've come to expect out of him. Uh, but as soon as we we're battling, man, he was like, right, right back to it, and just impressive, man. Like, there's. There's a reason why he's a multiple Specty champion, and you know you don't have to look any further than his results. Finishing in second place in the season where we've arguably had most competitive driving, the craziest driving. You know, Aaron Day, you know, is off doing life, doing doing all this stuff. Sleeps on most of it. Comes back for the round, uh, the last round. You know, granted his track, I think he's the most winningest driver at that track, um, but comes in still can pay second didn't win it um but i think it just kind of shows you it's a good litmus test to just show you how far the rest of the series has come to you know and i think it was just a wicked wicked show by him and the triple f crew obviously love having them at the events just you know the biggest comeback isn't you know aaron day that he came back and did so well i think it was Corey pair i don't know if you saw it uh but uh man no, I didn't. like the comeback is off the track like cory wayman's pool now like wow dude unreal <laughs> um <laughs> but i guess the, i guess this team did pretty cool uh do do it with the driving too that was pretty impressive but yeah yeah <laughs> all right somehow i'm not able to uh add poor uh jesse in there at the moment so jesse if you're watching uh just maybe restart your uh, Instagram, try to jump back in. Um, let's see who else we can invite there. Actually, the one person that kind of like stood out to me in qualifying though was actually Benjamin there with uh, the underpowered FC. To drive a car to link that track with that little power, I don't think people understand how hard it is. It's next mm -hmm. to impossible. Like when the law guys were running that power when the track first opened up, they were managing the straight and right. this guy is linking it and killing it. And like, it's so impressive. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's the thing. Once, once some of these uh, drivers get a little bit more power, but I mean, I mean, what's your opinion on that as well? I mean, um, Benjamin's jumping into it. He's maybe at the lower horsepower level, but that's also teaching him so many skills that he definitely needs to know going into, uh, future competition right once he once he increases the power i think it'll actually make him a better driver at the end of it yeah yeah like if he moved into like a like a 13b like rew kind of like a power range that like 450 475 it's like it's still cheap enough to like run it without really expensive drivetrain but you can still make decent power like if you look at what droughts has and what Pollard is doing for their power levels like those guys are, are they're wild like Pollard in practice and Drutz in practice, those two guys won practice. Like the way they're entering, start to finish, very impressive. Yeah, no, I think so. 
So let, let's let's talk a little bit. Maybe that's another battle that we need to look at. That went one more time between uh, Chris Bullard and Ryan Drutz. Uh, two good friends sort of running a very similar package for engine and, you know, performance mods and stuff like that, sharing a, a same sponsor between, you know, Devotion Tire and a lot of the same partners going into that. What's your thought on maybe, you know, where you see Ryan going into next year? Obviously, he missed round one just to do some mechanical things. You know, he tried his very best to get out there, just couldn't make it in the timeline that was available to him. Uh, but running two out of three rounds, you know, still finished well in the championship. What's sort of your thought on that? And then you're also giving advice to this poor guy to grab a 13B rotary saying that that's the uh, the answer to his problems for uh, power. No, I'm not too no, sure but if you, Okay, if you think about Benjamin for his power range, so you get into a 13B, and if you get like a properly built 13B, it'll last several seasons, right? Like how many years did we get out of the, the car I ran? Eight years? At yeah. 475, start to finish? Right. How many LSs are we going through? No, I mean, nobody if, wants if we, to admit that the LSs aren't that reliable. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, as far as uh, uh, Ryan there, like, if you were to tell me Drutz wins the, the series next year, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. He's, like, literally just bad luck away from, like, all, all that's, like, really preventing him from moving forward is bad luck here and there. And just small things. Like, he has every little part of the package to win the series. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, if we look at Ryan, we'll just sort of pull him out. Um, he missed round one. He qualified fourth going into um, – fourth or fifth going into to round two. Same thing. He actually finished round two and three exactly the same. Fourth or fifth, I believe, he qualified. Um you know, and finishing up in the in the top 16, getting knocked out, of course, always by one of his Sherwood Park homies. But, you know, consistency there, finish, qualifying well, and I think that's one thing that, that is maybe overlooked. Ryan qualifies really well, and I think maybe it's just some of the unlucky battles that he got into. Um, I think he has, has a little bit more mechanical sympathy than Chris does, and I think he's been able to face chris in in his uh, battles and i think he he maybe respects that s14 a little bit more than what chris respects that uh, bmw of his oh for sure for sure uh yeah pollard i gonna say he's a madman the guy who removed his oil pressure gauge i don't i don't think it's a concussion of mechanical sympathy at all <laughs> well i mean yeah, fair enough all right <laughs> and on an ls an ls without like an oil pressure gauge <laughs> yeah it's decent right um okay so since basically we haven't got any any complaints i mean i kind of missed round two now we had a lot of complaints on our judging calls we come into round three and everybody's happy with it i guess the right person won nobody was complaining about our our calls either that or they didn't go back and watch the entire stream and see where we you know if we missed something but the, the we put a lot of like effort into this round compared to uh, mission there. So coming out of mission, we had drone shots and we had shots here and there. And it wasn't always the same shots and it was really hard to judge from. And you never knew when it was gonna cut in in there. So we kind of took that and we took some advice from Pollard. So we took two different things. We put together our own drone crew and our own replay crew with uh, Dave 
and Dustin and Martin there. And like those three guys, they made my life so much easier. Whereas in mission, like the drone almost made it way more difficult because it kind of exposed our missed calls or something that we may have missed. Whereas now it like the drone was there purposely for us to make a judging call. So it allowed us to be far more precise. And then on top of that, we actually kind of went back to what we had a few years ago where we had points for the lead and the chase, kind of taking some advice there so and some feedback. So it was good. Like, uh, I like the way that we did it. We, yeah. Well, it, it, you know, let's dissect a little bit about what John said, right? He didn't come prepared for round two. No, I and, was prepared. And we then he said that he didn't do the right calls for round two. No, no, you didn't do the right calls. <laughs> Let's clarify here. There Listen, I came prepared for all three rounds. Um, and just uh, for clarity's sake, I did not use your point system for the uh, judging calls and battles. I, I have no idea what you're doing with the point system there. I look at that and I watch the winner. I mean, th some of the things that we do in the judges tower is just to appease John. I mean, if you left it up to him, he would watch every single run three times in slow-mo. So, um, hey. No, um, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I just found it odd that uh, I didn't argue with you this, this weekend. Like, what changed? Like, why, didn't, why didn't we fight? I kind didn't of missed want to it. <laughs> you know, finally you saw what drifting really was based on my point of view because I said, no, 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 no. You set up the track, you weren't even kicking around. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you painted the line doesn't mean you set up the track, John. I mean, let's just be clear. What do you mean? So Dustin and I spending like countless hours on a seto getting the track exactly perfect. That what was just do? to appease. Were you talking about your like little crayon drawing you did? <laughs> like ate half the crayon? That's right. <laughs> I'll put it down to this, John. <laughs> My crayon drawing is exactly the layout that you guys ran. And no, it's we only not. let you uh, play on a set so that you can appease uh, your ADHD uh, fix that you uh, need. <laughs> that's yeah, I have a problem. If I get on, I can't get off, okay? Fair enough. <laughs> so basically what we've discovered here tonight on uh, this live broadcast, you know, we're an hour and 10 minutes into it, is that if the uh, no drivers have any issues with what we're doing on the judging, John and I will still fight based on yeah. the agreed uh, calls that we both made. So, I'm not sure. What do you want, do you want to fight oh. about? Uh, no, nothing. I guess me eating the crayons, I guess, fair enough. Um, yeah, we all can uh, figure out which color who gets, you know, more. Uh... Oh, one of the things I didn't get to judge you guys, uh, bug you guys about because you were taking so long with your judging calls, pretending to work over there. Uh, we found out that the word for two abacuses is abacai. So right. we, you know, kind of theoreticized that you guys had two of them going up there. So the judging abacai were put to good use. Honestly, I know, Tony, uh, it was kind of important that, like, the show moves on quite quickly. Was it slow? Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Had a lot of com uh, compliments that uh, people were like, "Man, you're really good about talking about nothing." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> do what I can." Oh man, oh man. <laughs> I'll, I'll all definitely good. have to stand up. I'll have to stand up. I'm sorry. It's all good. Yeah, you guys yeah, can hang up. That's and my what fault. I no, the show is slow. It's all my fault. It's the second advocate. It's it's what really slowed you down, man. I'm not I'm not holding it against it. You know, I don't put too many cow eggs in your basket. I'm just. 
You just do it at your pace, buddy. We can't do it. Yeah, the, the extra time was soaked into just watching the replay. So, and it's, um, yeah, no, was just, I was trying to be more run. precise. Stop it here, sorry. I got I got to run. Uh, other commitments, but uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm gonna let oh, you no. guys finish this conversation about crayons up. I think everybody wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> really quick before I head out, uh, drift and drag, obviously at Bradford Raceway, super awesome event. Hope you guys all check that out. Um, myself, I'm taking a break for once, so I will see you guys next week uh, at open practice on the 24th. Hope to see you guys out there. Uh, that's it for me. You guys get back to crayon talk, and we will catch you guys shortly. All right. See you. Later, Tony. Thanks for coming on. So we don't have a responsible adult uh, keeping us off each other here, John. Um, hey, the event. What did you think of the driving overall from this season, maybe compared to even the shootouts from last year? Um, overall, your opinion on Jace winning the championship, was it the right person to win the championship based off of his driving from round one all the way up to round three? There's so many people that could be the right people to win the championship, but uh, the amount of effort him and Carlton put in to make every single round um, is insane. So right. that's almost to like a, a prospect level of commitment to drive that much uh, financially, just hotels, the through um, those. Still there? Sorry, I got a, a yeah. random call. No, so like just the commitment from those guys, like that's like a like a, a level of commitment you need to bring if you want to run pro spec. Right. So if you think just like showing up to your local events and you kind of have everything ready to go compete somewhere far off, so much of it comes down into the actual management of your team. And so much of it comes into uh, just like the scheduling, the planning, the budgeting to make that like long commitment that kind of shows that they're kind of there and ready for the next level. So right. for a team to show that they're ready to move to the next level, it, in that sense, he's the right guy to win. But there's so many guys that compete in our series that I don't know. I would love to see them win. Well, for sure. I think that's, that's number one is that uh, the hunger is there from a lot of the drivers to absolutely to come out and put on a show. I mean, you see the love of driving in a lot of the drivers. I mean, they're happy to, to stay, do the Sunday fun day out of mission, let's say, and just be, be around drifting. I mean, they're all about helping each other out. Um, I think Jay's probably brought the most parts with him out of, uh, out of Washington ever, you know, brought a transmission for Jesse Joe Curtis, you know, brought a bunch of tight best lights for us. Yeah, but you know, that's, that, that is definitely the spirit of drifting that, that you see in the group. And I think um, I'm really happy to see Jace win the championship on it because it was a hard fought battle all the way. You know, sometimes you look at it and you can look at a bracket and you can look at after the event that sometimes a driver maybe had an easy path to the victory based on breakdown, maybe just based on like, um, you know, a, a, an over rotation or something like that. So in my mind, I look at like, you know, if you're battling somebody hard and they over rotate going into the last corner, I look at that as like maybe an easier win than, you know, somebody on your door all the way around. And I don't think that Jace really had that throughout the season. He had hard fought battles and that's exactly 
the kind of driver that Specky wants to send to Prospect. You know, and in talking with both Jace and talking with Tristan, both are planning on making the push into Prospect for 2024. So I think, you know, going into that, we have two drivers coming out of the Specky series, going into Prospect, and I think we can have better representation for what we're doing here in Canada than those two drivers. Well, even like, uh, like I was talking to like one of my close friends, he owns a shop in Calgary and he knew all the details, what was going on with Tristan's car and right. the shops, he's not associated with Tristan in any way. Like the sports growing so much to, this, to the point where in my eyes, fairly important people are kind of like seeing our drivers or watching our series. And hopefully, like, uh, there's enough eyes on it for a guy like Tristan to make a push into the States. It's quite hard for a Canadian driver to make a push into the States. But I think he's got the right momentum. He's got an amazing crew, some real OGs on it, um, huge amount of respect for their whole crew there. Right. And he is such a nice guy. And I would love to see him go down and compete and be competitive and see him, like, uh, put, a, like, a, a full package together. Um, right. It... it, it it does take, in my eyes, just a little bit more uh, kind of pre-planning from a Canadian driver to go down. Because it, it is kind of hard to get an American sponsorship in America being a Canadian driver. So you have to put a lot of forethought into that. Um, and as far as Jace, like, if you were to tell me last year Jace was going to win the championship this year, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. Right. I would not have believed you. I thought I'd been sending more inside clips home with him. He was running everything over last year, and that guy, he buckled down. He focused as, like, a team. They put together, like, a real car. They got a bunch of seat time on a Seto, like, the hours he got in, what Alex was telling me, on a Seto for Strato. Like, I didn't believe Alex at the beginning, and then the very first run Jace did, like, he was on point the first run. Right. I had never really seen that before, and that was kind of just, like, in my eyes, kind of like a, a no-shit moment, like, the sim is kind of real, like how much of an improvement a guy can make on that. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you on that. Definitely because if you look at both, you know, Stratotech, I mean, uh, let's compare it to our number two finisher into round three, okay? Aaron Bay, he has driven probably, you know, Rad Torque more than any of us, or at least competed on it on that same course more than any other driver that was competing last weekend um and to jace be able to to come into it having prepped on a seto come in prep the car no make a gear change whatever it is that he was doing to absolutely to come out qualify first and to win the event it's ex extremely hard to do especially against competitors like you know aaron day ryan drutz and chris bullard who have a lot of experience on that same track. Yeah, like I think that's something maybe that the... we overlook is that, you know, we got a guy that came in from the US, never drove Strato and never drove Rad Torque and and he had a perfect event at Rad Torque for his final round. I mean Yeah, like when you surprise a lot of like the local OGs by running a lap like a heater lap on your first lap, never running the track before in real life, it's it says a lot in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to get Jace back on and sort of talk to him after he's sort of got a little bit of time to uh, let the championship sort of soak into him. Um, but, 
you know, the team that he brought is absolutely fantastic. You know, even the, the respect from his spotter come in the stands uh, with us, always respectful, always professional going into it. They seem to have the real program together for it. And I think that's something that's really important. Um, and I know that Jace will absolutely tell you, you know, any secrets that he might have as to running a successful program coming into, you know, traveling out of the States, coming into a Canadian series and, you know, winning the championship, you know, in his second year, basically first year in the series, but second year running with us. I think that's really important. And I think that he would definitely, uh, you know, help any drivers. So reach out to him if you have any questions on sort of, you know, what he did for prep, what he did for, uh, you know, planning to travel and stuff like that. Because that is a big part of it. I mean, if you're planning on doing any type of competitive series, you can expect the, we are traveling, you know, we do our one round in BC, our two local rounds, but it does take a lot, a lot of somebody to plan it, to plan for your team, plan for accommodations, and then also just, you know, prep the car, prep spare parts and everything like that. So you're, you're prepared going into a faraway round, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially. And there's like, there's a huge difference in financial commitment for traveling. Yeah. So for sure. Um, for sure. Top three drivers for next year. Who's your guesses? Well, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess if you don't have Tristan, you don't have uh, Jesse coming back with us. I think that, uh, you know, Carlton's going to be one to contend with. I think that um, uh, Joseph Jalnick will be definitely one to, uh, to have as a top up there. I think definitely he'll, he'll need, he needs more competition experience. He's got the car, he's got the team. And, and I think that maybe just driving with a variety of different drivers will really benefit him going into 24, uh, that way. And I think that Jesse put being so close to the championship coming into round three in second place, you know, only, I think, you know, six to 10 points off of the leader, the championship could have been him. And I think that uh, he's going to be hungrier than ever and come with a program that's going to take him all the way to the championship in, uh, in 2024. That's going to be my call out for, uh, for 2024 champion. It's going to be Jesse foot. Uh, I can't disagree with that. That's uh, both Jesse's look very good. Right. And I mean, I mean, if you look at Jesse Joe Curtis and you look at uh, Jake Prendenchuk, I mean, definitely those two guys. I think they like got that's a commitment from both year. Those I guys. think they just need to commit to coming and running all the rounds, whatever we're doing in Spec D, and I think they could definitely be contenders as well. Um, I think it's just it's just financial commitment coming from Regina all the way down to Mission. It's a very expensive trip for them, and it's uh, it's just a long drive, right? So. I think, you know, if you look at where Jesse Joe Curtis finished off the season, if he actually would have made it down to uh, round two, he probably would have licensed this year as well, just on points. Oh, really? How many licenses do you have to give away? I thought it was just two. Well, we have two, but I mean, if you look at him where he was sitting in points, right? He oh, missed okay. one round and he still finished off in, uh, what, in fourth, in fifth place missing one oh, round really? yeah and pat fontaine Eating pat fontaine. in sixth place missing wow. one full round so i mean the the 
the driving level that they're at is high enough that, you know, if you're running a full series that you need to hit every single round and it's just a accumulation of points that's going to make it happen. I mean, if you look at, at uh, Jace, if Tristan, you know, didn't have that mechanical failure, you know, and would have made it on into, you know, top 16, top eight, he probably would have even finished off, uh, you know, just in point standings, it would have been harder for Jace to win the championship, right? Yeah. And who was in second coming into that round? Uh, second coming into the round was Jesse Foote. He was coming in second place. It was that close. It was that close. Like Jesse Foote was only like six, six or seven points off of, um, of Tristan McClennan coming into round two. So did that battle between Jesse and Jace decide the championship? It really did, yes. Yeah. That's wild. It is. Like, it's wild. The intensity wild. that I mean, was in that battle, it shows that, like, everything was on the line. And, yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, if you look at it, and I think as a judge, as an organizer of, of the series itself, there is huge respect given out to the drivers that that commit to running a full series like um and there's numerous conversations that we had with jesse foot with uh, jace with carlton with pretty much every driver we tried to have a meaningful conversation with to see where they're at in a program where they want to see the series grow because as an organizer we really want to make this a series that's great for the drivers as in lots of seat time, lots of driving, good battles, good preparation by, you know, all the judges. Like, you know, I may give you a hard time for all the Assetto stuff and all that, but I mean, that is invaluable. Us prepping so much going into this round so that we can give the drivers an accurate roadmap to victory is important. You know, they need to know where we're deducting the points from. It, it, used to, it used to drive me nuts, especially this layout here. Uh, we had some decent judges, but even asking them back in the day, you'd be like, okay, where do you want us here? Where do you want us there? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And it's like, it's going into competition, man. Like, it's it's too right. late. Whereas, like, now we were on basically every second night to spend time with the drivers that wanted to be on. For sure. Uh, we worked on, like, and then, like, uh, when I was driving, like, I felt like I could really relate to the drivers a lot the season after I stopped driving. And then over time, I kind of felt like I was starting to lose it and having a hard time relating to what I was wanting from the drivers. Right. And then after putting in all the time on the exact track, I could once again relate to them and ask for very specific and detailed things. And it was impressive that these guys were able to do it almost on the spot. Like, like I thought we were good back in the day, but we were not this good. These guys are next <laughs> level. Holy oh, crap, we got Jesse. <laughs> Thank you. I was just I was, I was going to give up on you there, Jesse Foot. Um, just basically, I couldn't get you to join for the entire time. But I mean, hey, let's give a little bit of feedback. I mean, for the number one talk about driver, um, whether it's like your strategy going into events, whether it's your just absolute zero mechanical sympathy, um, you came into round three fighting for the championship. You know, it was just points away. Uh, you had done the math on where Tristan needed to finish and where you need to finish in order for you to win the championship. Any regrets on how you actually fought your battle 
Bills in round three. No, 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 really. It was, uh, I always like to say, if I can go do around and give it everything I got and I lose, it is what it is. Um, that battle with Jay, I basically T-boned, was just a right. half-second mistake. Like, I lost focus for a split second right before the lights came on, and I was just not in that zone when we, like, came off the line. And, uh, yeah, when I coming up on him, I just knew I had to handbrake. But my brain came <laughs> with my body and it took a half second play and uh, ended up just straightening. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. He hit me. But that's almost like the worst away. part of like drifting is like you have all this time and effort into it, and all it takes is like a millisecond of a mistake, and your whole weekend is over. Like, uh, yeah, like. That was such an amazing season by you guys. Like, so hard, hard, like, so hard fought all the way to the end that, like, one battle, one, like, millisecond of a mistake kind of made the difference. But, like, uh, I had the most amount of respect for you after that event, man. Like, that was the most fun I've had watching Grifting. And, uh, yeah, like, the show you put on for us this year was, was awesome. The amount of style you brought and just, like, the good energy you guys brought was just, I don't know. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is what it is. We're going to get more practice, come back next year even harder and even more competitive, and we're going to take it all the way next year. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's with drifting, it's it's not like road racing where you come into a corner, make a mistake, which I've never <laughs> done it, but I'm assuming. Make a mistake on yeah, the corner, and you got how many more laps to, you know, not do that. Like, you do practice, and then you're waiting for, like, you know, 45 minutes an hour to go do two practices runs and then you're waiting for another hour <clears throat> and then you gotta like right. just be on it ready to go right so, so it's it uh been talking with like matt field a lot about that and it's like a huge mental thing um which that's what we focused on a lot this year which i think helped so we're gonna yeah. keep building on that for next like, year I, and... I say you drive with a lot of style but like people don't realize how risky that is like for you, the the angle that you're throwing, the how aggressive you come to an angle. So like the way you drive, not only are you like taking big breaks, but when you bring that much style and that much aggression, it's just so much harder. And it's hard to like, I don't know, explain to someone that doesn't like watch it. Because a lot of my runs back in the day, I used to always be super consistent in just like shallower angle and just like higher speed. Because, like, the, the, the bigger angle and more style would almost scare me, right? And, like, so much respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's definitely a fine line. Like, coming into that last corner, um, like, my first qualifying lap, I was so <laughs> angry with by the end of it. But um, it's, like, you come flying through there, right? And I'm like, okay, dump crazy angle into that last <clears> or <throat> touch and go to um and it's like i feel like it's like five kilometer an hour between i was making right. through that corner or i was going past that yeah like going into the towers, and, right like it's when you're on that edge it's such a fine line between making it through and have, have it being the most gangster shit of the weekend yeah. or yeah like when you track, throw that much angle right? that quickly the timing has to be so much more precise 
like you have to have so much more precise timing for that and like it's exponentially more detailed when you have that much style right and mad respect (laughs) well i i think we also need to give it up to uh you know like you got you you partnered with rep performance what three years ago now jesse no that was uh how that even happened that was so my first year I don't know if you guys remember, was right. basically awful until the last round. <laughs> uh, like my first lap, I'm like, I was practicing at scales. I'm like, oh yeah, I can run the man line of scales. I'm gonna go out there and kill it. And it was just awful. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was just tuning issues all, all year. And then uh, Jean-Louis, who goes to Shroud Bash every year, he started tuning from Rev. Um, and he recommended me to them. And then before the last round in 2018, um, Basically, just worked out a small, you know, sticker on the car sponsor deal. Uh, I think I hit like it was just like a discount on a tune or something. And from there, just kind of snowballed like, oh, do you want to hop more on board? You know, like get a bigger turbo, like more tuning. And then, you know, we kind of just, I bought a Jay Z. I'm like, you want to build the most badass right. car spec he's ever seen? Well, I mean, I mean, there's <laughs> something to, to definitely talk about because. You know, we've we, we discussed it a lot throughout, like we've done just about 40 of these different little interviews with drivers and stuff like that. But like your engine program has been great. You know, like I don't remember you necessarily having a mechanical failure in the last, you know, for two years that I'm remembering thinking back and the car absolutely takes all the abuse that you give it. And what do you attribute that to? Is it like the parts that you put into it is it the tuner? Like, is it rep performance that's actually, you know, building that badass of an engine that you're running and expecting? Because you absolutely have no mechanical sympathy. You dropped down that bank on one run in one of your chase runs. I think it was even in practice. And you, like, did the biggest, you know, third gear burnout I've ever seen on a car in competition. Yeah, like... It, it's a combination of things like between myself, Weapon Raceworks, uh, who's also my spotter, and Rep Performance. Like, between Weapon Raceworks helping with the fabric on the car, and then his knowledge and my knowledge, just with uh, like we do all the plumbing, fabricating, and like the mechanical side. And then Rev builds the engine, wires it, tunes it, uh, handles all that. And it's, I know when I get in that car, I can try as hard as I can. I can to destroy the thing and it's gonna it's gonna hold up like i pull off track every time i pull off track evan from our performance is there with the right. laptop check and everything's still solid uh yeah like that thing gets oil and plugs and it's good to go let's take a beating it's definitely taking it i mean if it can stand up to all the abuse that you've given it in this last year i think it's it's just a testament you know and i think that's part of what we're trying to do here on these little uh you know the interviews and the podcast is to shine a spotlight on what it takes to actually make it through, you know, the Specky Pro Series and then push it forward into, you know, Pro Spec at FD or wherever your drifting career wants to take you. But it's definitely the partners that are on board with you and the quality that they do. I mean, you can have a great partner, but maybe the quality isn't always there and maybe your car doesn't run all the time. But I think that's definitely a testament to you and maybe the partners that you've chosen to jump on board with you. But your car is always out there. It's on point. It's running flawlessly. Like, 
I can't remember necessarily the mechanical, like a time where you've been knocked out with mechanical failure. Uh, yeah, like the last time that happened was against Delahaye in this journey. It was like, yeah. that was when a steering shaft or something broke. And then, you know, to to, up until that point, I was the best case I ever done. Like that one inside step on track, just clutch kick right to the door. And I was soaked. Yeah. And then that clutch kick popped the belt off. And I was, like, other than that, like, and then since then, like, we've had minor issues like that. And every time there's a minor issue, it's, okay, what can we do yeah. for that to never happen again? So, okay, we got a fix bench guidler, never had an issue. Like, all a drip week, nothing. That's definitely so, very jealous. Um, it, it's just little things. Definitely, like, obviously. Definitely very jealous. Was it there? Uh, I think my experience driving was the exact opposite of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, like, you build a car, right? It's not, it's never going to work perfect right out of the gate. Like, the, on the JZ, we did, it always ran well with cooling, but we did, like, two or three different setups of wide routing until we perfected it just to get, like, that three, four degrees colder Celsius. Like, beating it all year in mission and at rad torque, it never saw over, what, 93 degrees Celsius? Like, it's just little things. Like, you build it and... There's a small little thing, and I know I firmly believe in just spend the money to fix it, right? Like, I'm not going to spend five grand to go to mission to have something might screw me yeah. over or might fail when I get to spend a couple hundred bucks to fix it, right? So, other than like anything major, it's been small things like admission, we cracked an oil cooler. Um, what else? We had a, the handbrake line rub through one year on the drive shaft but other than stuff like that like the car that between me weapon iceworks and rev performance is built is just yeah it's awesome damn near bulletproof. no and i think that's important you know like to to you know showcase the partners that we have that uh that do quality work because it is hard i mean we've we all see the conversations that we have you know in group chats maybe online about looking for quality partners and quality places to tune products uh build cars whatever it is and i think it's important the proof is definitely in in the the product that you have jesse and i think that's you know a shout out to rep performance for that providing you with a great car and uh you know that's that's exactly what we're looking for you know boost factory brought tristan to number three in the in the podium right in the championship you know, you're in fourth place with rep performance. So I think there's a lot of great companies that are out there that do quality work and it definitely, you know, the testament is it in in the uh, the pro series itself and the cars that actually make it to the end of a series and, you know, are in the top five, right? Yeah, without a percent, like it, it, you can't do yeah. it by yourself like as much as just people try to like having good partners is like money can't always buy that right like it's having people around you that you know make everything come together and make a race weekend work yes yeah. not a lot of people understand what it takes to make a, a partnership work it, it takes a lot of work on both ends and yeah, yeah proud of you awesome well, we've been at this for, uh, geez, like 100 minutes just about. So 
We'll wrap it up here. I'll let you say adios, uh, Jesse and John, and we'll finish it off with that. And uh, we'll see everybody out at Rad Torque tomorrow for the first Drift and Drag Night. Sounds good. Well, thanks for everything, guys, for the season. It was an awesome season, and I will see you guys later. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for, uh, as always, putting on the Spec D series. It's amazing to compete in and looking forward to next year, coming for that top spot. So they come back uh, better, that's for sure. Anybody in particular that you need to really, you know, focus on as making your season successful? So uh, anybody that you would like that? to, you know, give a shout out to, you know, one sponsor in particular, somebody on your team that's maybe made all that difference for you. I'll let you take that opportunity now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, with, I mean, with all of my sponsors, like I don't, I'm not sponsored by a single company that I wouldn't get someone else to run. Like everything just works perfectly together. Um, really the main ones that brought it together this season as this is the best season we've ever had is rev performs for just making sure the engine and just the tuning side is 100 percent dialed all the time and uh, weapon raceworks who does all the crazy fabrication on my car which it wouldn't be what it is without him. and he's also my spotter so his spotting has definitely helped a lot yeah i'll give a shout out to him too i mean very respectful in the uh, tower um and you know, never tried to hide anything either when we called them out and go, hey, what are you guys up to? He goes, we're just playing strategy, man. It's all it's all in the game. And I said, <laughs> I give mad respect to somebody who's actually, you know, straightforward and honest with, uh, with all of us and ultimate respect for him. I mean, never, never cried foul in the tower at all. He was always uh, just a bundle of joy and, and cheer up there. It was a great time to be with him, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's always life the party and yeah, he's uh, awesome. Definitely. Good hey, that. well, uh, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming out to all the rounds in, in the series and can't wait to see what you got in store for us for next year. Um, I heard that you also have Strato bash off. So we expect to see you out there. That's going to be a good time. Uh, well, we hope, hope so. Anyway. We hope to see one. you out at Strato bash anyway. If, yeah. If everything works out for you, we'd love to have you out there and, uh, and drive with all of us out at Strata Bash. So um, with that, I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to say good night to everybody. It's been, yeah, 90 minutes. We didn't get near the abuse that I was hoping for, but hopefully it shed some light on sort of the insights, what goes on behind the scenes, um, some of the judging calls. Next week. Oh, I think it froze again. Oh. I said, thanks everybody for watching. We'll catch you next week. So we'll see you guys next week on the same chat. We'll have a guest on. Hopefully we're going to have Brendan Kremp on, chat with him sort of about his program and where he's looking at going for 2024. And until then, we'll see you at a Rad Tour tomorrow. Good night. All right. See you later, guys.